previously with the Quellists. If we do end up having a new, for example, monarch who is just, what is the vigil stance? Will they support her? No, but we would not interfere with her. What is what is your what is your end goal here, Rotten? You just want these scenes to have you just want them to have free will and to do what they want? Given the time, they will develop it on their own. I'm merely trying to speed that process up. Out from these bushes steps a a human person, human man. He's wearing all all red robe. He doesn't look like he's got any ulterior motives. What was up with the others? Were they just rude or just they just look down they're on just, They're just they're uh, just yeah, they I mean they're sit up in their fancy towers with their fancy ass books and their fancy ass robes and they just they do nothing but judge and if you can't use magic it's like it's a big deal or something you killed the shrike if you don't mind me asking why why is a group like you down here do you do you really feel that this is the best use of your resources he asks you how did it feel to fell the shrike Tyrek, you are looking at Nalish. Eventually, he turns into this sort of red chrome orb, uh, starts to split in, in places, and uh, essentially you're looking at um, a fractal. A friend of yours, Tyrek? In a way. I'm just going to turn my back and leave. You disappoint me, Tyrek. Yeah, you, so your plan was you're heading east from Havercross. Or did you want to stop at any of the towns nearby, or are you pretty much going straight to Evenhearth? Do we know anything about the Sunken Woods? Yeah, the Sunken Woods are some woods that were... So you've heard, anyway, a wizard once uh, made a swamp, and Luke uh, can corroborate that story, although it may not be as fantastical. Were there any times you guys wanted to stop in on the way to Uh I'm good with just going straight through. Someone had mentioned Scalden Maiden, but if if that's not needed, then I think straight to Ebonhearth would probably be the best call. That might be a natural stopping place, too. Yeah, it's not any kind of out of the way, so it would make sense. We were trying to get down there with some haste, right? Yeah, because we don't want to lose the guy we're after. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I guess we could see like what time of the day it is if we just ride out, if we need to swing by an inn or set up camp. Otherwise, we could just keep going. I should probably mention that the uh, note box that Tyrek is carrying would have a note in it regarding news that Jackal has received and information that Grant will be sailing to Edgemire and should be there in about a week and that uh, Ironclaw has actually recently spotted a Warforged with glowy eyes, but wasn't aware that he was supposed to keep track of that. So he's back on the trail of that over where he is, where those mages had been disappearing. So he's going to be attempting to get back on the trail of that one. It was one that had, if I recall correctly, bright green glowing eyes, and we will be notified if that one is spotted again. I want to say it was purple eyes. If you guys leave Havard Cross and ride hard, you could make it to the basically where that crossroads is between Refuge or Atrium before the end of the day. If you leave in the morning, that's like a, that's like, yeah, that's riding hard. That's pushing pushing your horses. Seems like a decent choice though. Horses can be healed if need be as well. 
I guess then the only question is, do we set up camp by that bridge, or do we stop into refuge for the night? I say we become trolls and sleep under the bridge. Okay, so you, you become trolls for the night. You sleep under, <laughs> under the bridge. And we are in a hurry, and it's not like we aren't adequately equipped to camp out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely can. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, you guys ride hard, tearing down the roads, moving pretty quick. Uh, people are moving out of your way. Um, there's a contingent of, like, guardsmen who are out on patrol. Once you start getting close to the cities, like in the evening time, who who actually, like, start to square up on you as you get close. You know, you slow down just enough to kind of let them know who you are, and without question, they kind of just let up and, and continue about their patrol. But that's probably about the only noticeable thing that happens on your ride for that day. Nobody really tries to stop you or flag you down or anything like that. So you camp out. You get the occasional person in the middle, like in the night, who happens to be maybe traveling into like late into the night or starting early in the morning, who kind of... I'm assuming you guys are like keeping a watch right throughout the evening throughout the night yeah well yeah one of us doesn't have to sleep right I, yeah that's me <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of perpetual watchman so <laughs> and he always remembers everything he sees i saw 17 field mice tonight <laughs> smoky <laughs> did you know that every fourth <laughs> snore is louder than the others <laughs> so yeah there, there's the occasional person who comes up to like uh, well, actually, go ahead and roll roll me just one insight check for me, if you would. Yeah, powerful mm. rolls today. That was a, a seven. Well, with a seven, <laughs> I'm going to change what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay, so through the night, uh, you're keeping watch, and you see from, from a pretty decent distance, uh, you can see these people approaching. They're not being any kind of um, subtle or sneaky or anything like that. And like I said, you assume them to be traveling either late into their night or starting their morning very early for travel. Um, these are probably people who had to camp out on the road unless they came, unless they rode hard from like Scrotlamandon or Ballast or something like that. And there are three of them throughout the, the night who try to apo- approach the camp. Are they all together or are they? No, these are at different times. Sorry. Ah, gotcha. Well, hello there. Hey, um, what's the deal? You guys bridge trolls or something? Ah, yes. You can tell we are bridge trolls by the way we are all covered in scales and green with horns. Oh, shit, that's me. And how we're all under the bridges. Do we wake up to when he starts talking? I, I mean, I don't think so unless he... I'm assuming you guys set up like a keyword or something, you know, like if he says chimichanga, everyone's going to jump up. This guy is just setting off more of my, like... He's a druggie looking for a fix alarms, then my, this guy's a serious threat to us alarms. So I'm not going to try to wake anybody up. You got, you got some, some extra gold, buddy? Bridge troll? Huh? You got gold in there? No, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any for you. Listen, uh, I'm going to head, I'm heading south to Atrum. I'm going to get gold there. Bye. <laughs> he just like runs away. So then, so then I guess we'll say. So okay, let's. I'll just say that for the that was for the first guy who, to approach the camp, right? The second person to approach the camp. Go ahead and roll another insight check for me. That's a little better. Fifteen. Okay, this guy definitely looks as he approaches. He looks um, 
uh, really nervous, pretty pretty scared looking um, as he as he approaches. He doesn't actually say anything, but he's got like one hand on his sword hilt, um, which is resting. He's got his right hand on the sword hilt that is all strapped to his right hip. Um, so not not like he he doesn't have like a fighter's stance, right? He's definitely looks like he's prepared, but he's not really. Easy there, friend. There's no need for violence. <laughs> you say that from <laughs> from beneath the bridge, and I, I don't think that he sees you. And so he, like, gets freaked out and, like, stumbles backwards and actually ends up just kind of straight up trying to draw his sword halfway, you know, but he can't get it, and he's falling down. and So he ends up, like, all sprawled out. I, I don't think it's... It's still not loud enough to wake everybody up because I really don't want to give you guys exhaustion. Um, I'm not attempting to do that. But he does fall over, and it's a little bit funny. And he's just like, All right, stay back, demon! Stay back! Right now, there's nothing more than coyotes to fear along this road. Go in peace. If I'm not supposed to fear you, why are you camping behind, underneath the bridge? This is super... This is bandits and demons. You know what's what's north of us? This the the creepy, haunted, totally enchanted woods. Yep, but you're not in them. You're fine. <laughs> Good going. Yeah, okay. That seems pretty good. Uh, roll, roll intimidation for me. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he screams as you step out into the, the moonlight. And the moonlight glints off of Tyrek's scales. And he just ah! And, like, just runs. Just kind of like the other guy. <laughs> the third person to approach your camp in the middle of the night. Roll insight for me. Twelve. Um, this guy comes uh, walking up pretty, uh, pretty confidently, I think. He doesn't seem scared, but he also doesn't seem like he's expecting a fight. Um, and he, he crosses over the bridge. You know, you're watching him this whole time. He crosses over the bridge, and then he starts to make his way down, and it looks like maybe he's coming down to, I don't know, bathe in the river or something. And so he starts to make his way down, and that's when he sort of passes by your campsite. And at this point, ha do you still have a fire lit, or um, is it kind of totally dark? Like, I'm trying to... Think of what you've what Tyrex kind of been doing this this night. No, I think I think we've got a fire going. Um, just because it's comfortable and we're not really afraid of anybody. We're not looking for a confrontation, but we're not afraid of anyone really. Um, during bits of downtime, I will have been working on some some divinations and trying to to pin down better where our target is. But beyond that, just kind of sitting, enjoying the night and. Doing a bit of uh, work in his in his notes and such. He's got like a little little foldable desk and such, and he's just kind of sitting there. He crosses a bridge. He starts making his way down towards the river, and he passes by your campsite without so much as looking over at you. Doesn't even acknowledge that like there's a fire and everything. He goes down to the river. He splashes his face a couple times, and then he kind of just goes still and remains really still for a while so he's just standing there but he's not moving at all yeah he's like he's like splashed his face a bunch he, and he kind of like rinsed himself off he had a cloth and he kind of washed washed his arms and legs down um and now he's just sort of sitting there um, on his knees next to the river uh and just not moving looks like he could be meditating but with your insight check um the you know what meditation looks like, and this is not that. Okay. After a, a minute or so of him sitting there like that, I'm 
gonna set the things at my desk down. I'm gonna get up. I'm going to kick Smokey as I walk out of camp. As you walk up to this person, uh, or like walk within like speaking distance of this person, uh, make a perception check now. Uh, 15. Wow, I like that that ability, that halfling ability. That's awesome. I'm definitely like behind Tyrek's big meaty thigh. Uh, so you approach within speaking distance. Smokey's behind you. Um, Tyrek, as you walk up with your perception, you notice that you're getting closer to this person and all the light, all the lights around are kind of going out. Like the, the glow from the campfire is sort of fading. The starlight and the moonlight is dimming and disappearing. Uh, but you and this stranger remain lit. Smokey, from behind Tyrek, he's he's walking up and then he comes to a stop. Um, everything's fine for you. And you notice that Tyrek, he stops and he crosses his arms and he watches this person. Hey there, friend. How are you, uh, how are you doing this evening? How goes the new campaign, Tyrek? <laughs> the new campaign? I did ask for you to stir conflict once upon a time. And I'm just checking in to see how things are going. Really not see what I'm doing. Can't you see it? I see the wheels in motion. I want to know what your plans are. Well, where's the fun in that? If I tell you what's going to happen before it happens, how will you be so impressed and pleased with me when I do it? The company you keep worries me, Tyrek. I want to make sure that we're still on the same page. Of course we are. Racist. Smokey, I want to note that you can't hear any of this. As far oh. as you know, Tyrek is just staring at this person who is remaining motionless. So I just, to me, they're just staring at each other in silence. Tyrek looks contemplating to you. Like he's trying to decide what to do. I think since I was just woken up, I'm gonna... I'll, I'll follow Tyrek's lead and I'll just kind of stand ready. After all, who better for what we need to do than the peacemakers? It's not the peacemaking that concerns me. Peace can always be brought to an end. You have some friends with some very unnatural abilities. You are perfectly entitled to use any resources at your disposal. I'm just making a, um, how would you say, quality assurance? So let's start with this little one. Uh, and at this point, Smokey, um, everything kind of goes dark for you, except for Tyrek, yourself, and this stranger. And uh, now they're both looking at you. and. And you hear this stranger say, "What's his use?" Uh, Tyrek, you know this guy. He's uh, an acquaintance from a long time ago. So when people say it's somebody from a long time ago, it usually means uh, something not so great. I'm also like three times as old as any of you, so sometimes it just means from a long time ago. So you ask, what's this one's use? I see you setting him up as a leader. I see you maneuvering things around his potential leadership. So I know some of his uses. And yet, you're fond of him, Tyrek. Sure. That's dangerous. I understand your concern. There is nothing that I would not sacrifice to accomplish my goals. The stranger stands up 
and starts approaching you. Um, obviously, Tyrek, you you recognize who this is and how they're holding mm-hmm. themselves. Um, Smokey, you just see this person stand up, and as he stands up, you you kind of recognize like the demeanors from that guy that you met briefly down in Kaistra. Oh yeah. Who okay. turned who turned into like a weird fractal mess. But like I, I wanna like emphasize that this is really just a like a fleeting kind of feeling because you are still like half asleep. Um I mean, you know, I, not to say that he wouldn't be able to hold his own, but yeah. Uh he, he stands up and walks towards you as Tyrex just said this thing and and he says, Well, what if we make one of those sacrifices now? And then he pulls a blade out and Smokey make a dexterity saving throw. Before I do, um, I did look this guy up. Did I kind of expect this? Given the context of the of the the conversation, you probably weren't expecting him to draw down. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you had rolled inside. That's my bad. That's okay. Okay, so with an inside of twenty three, yeah, you're feeling you're feeling tension in this conversation that's happening. Um ab- absolutely. Uh, so with that, I'll let you make the deck save with advantage. Nice. Ooh, 19. <laughs> However, unfortunately, Jesus. he still grabs onto your cloak and he stabs you through the gut with this long oh, blade. Oh, God. You wake up and it's daylight and you're in your camp. Okay, I think I would shout and just push away from my bedroll and get like, what the fuck? What, 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 what happened? And I'm like grabbing at my stomach and looking for Tyrek. Smokey, what happened? Tyrek's best friend just stabbed me, or maybe I was having a bad dream. What, what? Uh, do, do you need me to heal you? Like, are, are you bleeding or anything? You feel fine, other than maybe you're like a little bit nauseous and you're definitely sweaty. Like you've just woken up from a fitful sleep. I guess looking around the camp, like, is everyone there? Or? Um, yeah. Uh, Tyrek is still down by the riverbank, though. And it's daytime, and it's it is now like uh, sunrise. Um, I, yeah, I guess I would I would relay that um, Tyrek woke me. Tyrek woke me up in the night. We had a visitor, and said visitor was very creepy and stabbed me. And now I'm awake, and the sun's up, and I'm saying this as I'm like walking backwards and sideways, putting on whatever clothes I need to put on so I could walk towards the river to find Tyrek. As I'm like stumbling over myself. Um, yeah, and and just as a as a note, Tyrek, like you. Basically, the same thing happened where um, Smokey was stabbed, and then suddenly you were still standing at the the bank, and it, it's now daylight. Okay, kind of look around a bit, check my head, Ugh, stretch a bit. So that was weird. A bit. Yeah. So what happened last night, guys? Not too much. <laughs> we had a junkie stop by. He's probably gonna go try to rob somebody. So a normal Tuesday for us, I take it. I recognize that guy, Tyrek. Was that that weird cube? So I think it might be time for me to share a bit with you guys, with all of you. Back during the war, I worked as a deniable asset. Did deep scouting missions, uh, raids. Uh, In one particular instance, I led a mission in which we successfully poisoned a large supply depot uh, a week behind the front. Uh, On the return, we were caught, we were ambushed. Everyone else was killed, and I was captured. I was tortured and interrogated for weeks. It was during that time that Nalash, that's who 
We met before, and he was here again last night. Approached me. Malosh is an ethereal accord. And I made a pact, which is how I was able to escape. Essentially, I... The details on my side of it were very vague and very open. And because of that, they have... I, I'm stuck in a contract. Uh, if I don't continue to fulfill my side of it, things go very wrong. So I've been looking for ways to fulfill my side of the contract without causing damage as much as I can, or to find a way to permanently fulfill it. These two are the first times since then that he has appeared to me directly. All of my actions, in some way, have to reflect that contract. I can still seek out and do my own things within it, my own desire, but that contract has a reflection on everything that I do. <laughs> it's how I have the abilities that make me more than just a soldier. Well, it sounds like you took a pact with something to save yourself. I don't... That's, that's not something any of us can really judge you by. I think any of us would do a, something similar, but what kind of a creature is this that you made a pact with? I've studied a lot about the nature of the, the gods and of their power structure, for lack of a better term. Uh, Luke can confirm any of this that I don't get quite right, but the gods have the, their aspects that they rule over, their domains that they rule over. Nalash is one of the ethereals of Quark. The ethereals essentially are domain wardens. They oversee a part of that god's power, a part of that god's uh, authority of, of what they are god of. They are connected to a specific aspect of that god's divinity. Most gods have multiple that are connected to different things. They're kind of intermediaries. So you basically were in a group that was doing a god's bidding on the planet? So, going all the way back to the Koreanyid War, uh, I was a soldier back then. Just a soldier. Most of you probably don't really remember the war. It was... To say it was chaotic is an incredibly mild understatement. Um, far as I know, up until the point that I was captured, I was not directly and specifically serving one of the gods. After that point, I entered into a pact with with Nalash, one of the ethereals of Korg, and in addition to whatever military orders I was following and have been following, I also have my side of my contract that I have to uphold and fulfill, which I have generally been able to do without going out of the way of my military orders my then civil orders or now my adventuring life uh, I haven't really come into direct conflict with with my pact holder before and this is the first times that he's questioned what I'm doing, what's going on or uh, shown up like that before so I'm not sure why what it is about now that's got him uh, irritated, well that's not true I do know what it is. <laughs> it's because of the Shrike, which, as I'm sure you all know, the Shrike is an aspect of Korg. It's an appearance of Korg. 
It's not an ethereal. It is essentially Korg himself. Wait, I'm sorry. The Shrike is essentially Korg? Yes. I thought that was well-known. Or not well-known, but I thought that we knew that. I guess I should let you guys know that then, too. The Shrike is a part of Korg. If Jackal were here, he could tell you more about that. The Shrike is an aspect of Korg. Since I was part of directly fighting and killing part of, well, removing the avatar of the god that my pact holder is a servant of. He's not necessarily upset about that, but does need to check in on me a little more closely, because that still fits within what Korg's ideals are. Conflict and war, chaos. It just has to be sure that I'm still doing what I'm supposed to with my contract. Do you think Cork and his aspects are uh, cool with what the what the vigil's doing? Doesn't seem very conquesty to me. That's what I'm not entirely sure about. I know that in an idealized world, the Iron Vigil will be able to provide protection to the people that is needed without force. Realistically, there will be military action with that, and realistically, the existence of the Vigil will cause some people to seek out conflict with them. I do still believe that our purpose and our cause is good and will be beneficial in the overall, while still being able to fulfill what I need to for my contract. Uh, because there's there's more than just the conflict of uh, the battlefield. There's more than just the fighting of armies clashing, political negotiations, and ideologies, theological discussion. All of those are forms of conflict, too. And while not as favored, they are still fighting and they do still come in line with what he desires, particularly with how vaguely worded what I was given was. I think there's also a very real chance that I'm simply running through the through a room blindfolded in the dark, screaming, I know what I'm doing. Kind of out of character, um, do we know anything about Korg that, or would um, Luke know anything about Korg? Because I can't remember if we've really talked about him or not. I mean, yeah, as as a cleric, I'd say Luke knows uh, a little bit about the other gods and a lot about uh, Pleth, right? Yeah, so it's fair to say that he would probably know, like, some of the surrounding lore of the other of the other gods, like, you know, as like a general studies type thing, you know, when, you, when he joins the clergy the first time, however young he was, um, learning about... Handelhan, the god of knowledge, you know, that he he's his goal was to like collect all the information in the world. Korg would be, you know, the god of war, and his his whole thing is to uh the the general goal of his is to stir into the final conflict, the ultimate conflict. Um, which nobody knows what that actually means, but it just they just know that that's his goal. You know, and then and then there's all the other gods. Um Rinsler is, I think chaos yeah uh sim has got a desire 
and all that stuff. And so Sim's goal is to just make sure that everyone's giving into their their urges all the time. Waskell has the song, obviously. He brings beauty to the world. Uh, Agrishad is the god of justice. And so his whole thing is to bring all the greatest injustices to, to their true... Uh, comeuppance i'm trying to think I, I had a better word for that earlier and now i can't think of what it is but anyway so yeah so ultimately it comes down to korg his avatar as legends have it is the shrike and there's enough instances of people knowing about the destruction that the shrike leaves behind that it became a legend and then you guys actually experienced it firsthand and stopped it before it became the disaster that you've always read about so have you ever been in the strikes power or presence at all aside from when we as a group fought with the strike no for me personally with my paths i i am compelled to seek out conflict and drawn to violence and conflict and compelled to seek them out where they exist and to make them where they do not which makes it very difficult trying also to get um, the last time that I purposefully ignored my pact for as long as I could, I think I made it for three months of perfectly living in peace with no conflict with anyone. And then there's about a week that I don't remember. And when I did come back to my senses, I was almost on the other side of the continent. And among other things, tied to my belt was a small bag with four small left hands in it they were from a halfling oh from a halfling not children no they were not from a halfling that's good so i try very hard to fulfill my pact without uh, causing true damage which what we are doing seems to do somewhere out there tyrex lawyer is rolling in their grave Stop talking! Stop talking! None of this is admissible! Don't! <laughs> so, essentially, based on what I gather happened last night, you're constantly being watched because they're making sure that you honor your pact or oath with them. And I'm just wondering why they're letting you basically walk around and do what you're doing even though you're actively going against their wishes right now am i correct in what i'm understanding to a degree there's a few things with that one being that the ethereals as far as i know nalash doesn't have the ability to watch me every second of every day now it's possible that we have become such big players on the stage that we are being watched continually and it's probably best for us to assume that we are but the more important part of that is that within the church of Quark, it's acceptable to be at odds with other parts of it um infighting is uh Kind of encouraged even so even though what we're doing at right now is setting us at odds with other others who are known to be part of the church like for instance um, gauntlet gauntlet was one of his clerics 
Um, we're still further in his overall goals. And in fact, by doing something that draws in more of his followers, we're serving him in a way I'm serving him better, fulfilling my contract better than I would. So while there may be some tension there, in some ways it's better than other choices because it it's almost like it's more fulfillment by causing fighting between members of his devotees. So it sounds like no matter what we do, we might be doing exactly what he wants because no matter what, unless we figure out a way to stop him or to fight Korg or go against what he wants, anything we do is going to maybe be to his benefit. So should we just... Oh, it's, it's important to remember, too, that Korg is, is not inherently evil. He doesn't really care about the morality of a conflict either way which i suppose opens up a whole separate discussion of whether of what is evil or not but for him the the conflict is basically everything i have a little i might be able to shine some light on regarding this i'm not familiar with contracts of that nature but i I am myself descended from an ethereal on my mother's side, and I can tell you that their power is not absolute, and when it comes to a contract like that, it could be entirely possible that going against what he wants doesn't necessarily mean you're not following the contract. The wording of my contract Korg asks that you continue to seek out conflict. That's all that there was from my side of it. Very, very open-ended. It's highly subject to interpretation by both parties. But because it is a contract, it is binding. If it can be determined and established that I am upholding what I am to do, then there's not... There's no actual consequences for breaking the contract. And so far, what we are doing, we have very much been seeking out conflict. We've been seeking out conflicts and overcoming them, seeking out wrongs in the world, and stopping them. We can potentially continue very good and just actions until we all die or become immortals while still completely fulfilling my con the wording of my contract. Do they know about us? Like, do they know me personally or Smokey? I, I, I've never sat down and been like, so this is this person, here's their social security number, here's this and this. They, they know what they can see. They can't read our mind. Uh, from what I know, they can't read our minds. Um, but they know what they can see of us, and whenever we're under observation, they see what, what they can see of us. Mostly, all of you would be of interest to Malash as you relate to me and to me fulfilling my contract. Because from what I have read, from what I have found, the beings that give these contracts and that hold these contracts, 
they themselves gain more power and become more powerful, both from the number of contracts that they have and from the quality of the contract, from how well the contract is, both from how well the contract is written, which side that it skews the power towards more, and from how well it is upheld. So, Nagalash would be very concerned that I am, uh, since my contract is so vaguely worded, which was deliberate. It was a quick we can snare him, you know, it was very much a they can snare you, snare him, snare me with this easy open offer to get me out of a, a certain death. <sighs> Going to be very concerned with me fulfilling my contract in the way that is in his desires. But like any legal document, what matters most is what's on the page. Wow, I'm just going to say, I did not expect <laughs> that interaction to turn into Tyrek tells all, but that was awesome. So really, we're in no different situation than we were yesterday or last month. And for the most part, it's something that none of us need to think about. Perhaps right now we should just eat breakfast and get back on the road. I can still work on figuring out and finding where the other war masters are, and we can take them down. <laughs> yes, even though they are very much high and powerful servants of Korg, taking them down does both. It fulfills my contract, and it makes the world a better place. I think uh, I think Smokey's concern has been quality. He trusts Tyrick and. Considering this is all involved with Korg, I wouldn't be too, like, shocked that, oh, hey, that, remember we all destroyed the strike? Like, uh, I'm not too surprised. We have some, we have some complications with Korg. The only thing that I might think to add, Tyrek, and I, I don't want to suggest that you haven't thought of this on your own, but when it comes to potentially sensitive plans that the that Korg could work against it may be best if you communicate directly with Jackal and not be in the presence of people speaking out loud regarding that seeing as you might be watched if we're lucky then telepathy isn't something they can pick up on that also plays somewhat, though, into the nature of of the god, and Korg is not subtle. Um, and sneaky plans and ambushes and undermining what people are doing is not his strong suit. That being said, communication methods that are non-audible are definitely going to be better and working on getting methods for preventing ourselves from being scried upon would be a very wise choice it's something I've been working on some since I have a lot of time when we're, when we're sleeping and waiting it, it is certainly something I've been thinking about as for right now we should probably move before we lose our quarry. What was the name of this aspect of Korg again? Nalash. And was Nalash's domain conflict specifically? 
or something else. And now I, as the player, am drawing a blank. Conflict, Conflict and, like, um, oh, man, there's another term there. Strife. Conflict and strife. Those are just synonyms, but, I mean, these are gods. They don't have to make sense. Or divinity, I guess. You guys pack up camp and get back on the road, and you ride the horses hard, and you make it to just outside of Scraldmanden by the end of the next this next day. Do you make camp under the bridge of the <laughs> Ripswell River, or do you, do you go into town? How does the town look? Uh, as you ride by, you can see what looks to be crystalline structures jutting out of the ground off to the the west. It's not suspicious at all, ignore it. It's probably fine. Honestly, though, Skaldman is not nearly as out of the way from the road as Refuge was, and it'd probably be worthwhile to go into town. What time of the day is it as we uh, stroll through? Uh, this is starting to get into, like, evening. Sun sun is set, um, and it's just about fully dark by the time you're rolling oh, okay. in. As much as I want to sleep under a river again, I'd rather sleep in a hotel with the crystal thing, guys. Sounds good to me. You guys approach a fence, like a a wooden fence slash wall, like a like palisades, right? Looks like it's supposed to house a town, but inside, uh, inside the the walls of this of these palisades, whatever, um, is these all these crystalline monoliths, um, purple, pink, red. Yellow, blue, aquamarine, white. Some of them are glowing. Some of them aren't. Um, there's people. There's some guards posted at the at the fence line, at the the wall, I should say, near the entrance. Um, there's some people who are kind of uh, bridling horses near some stables. Uh, they're wearing cloaks that denote that they are part of some kind of a guild. Uh, and as you start approaching, uh, there's a couple people who very friendly uh, like wave at you. And they approach and they say, "It seems that we got some prestigious visitors." Uh, this is a an orc man speaking, and he's wearing the the dress of this uh, this group that looks like they're part of some kind of a guild. What's up? Uh, my name's Pasquale. I'm the Thane here. Welcome to Scrawdomanden. Thane Pasquale. Good morrow to you. Mira's gonna sit fairly near the back of the group for a moment and uh, jot down a brief description of what we're seeing and the uh, image of the whatever emblem is on the cloaks that these people are wearing and then fold it up and uh, pass it to Tyrek and gesture at the uh, note box. I didn't, I didn't think we'd see the Quellis this far, this far uh, east. What brings you guys around the forest? I am changing my accent so much as I speak, I'm sorry. Well, Pascal, we... Uh apologize for the sudden appearance uh i suppose we should have written and ahead um we've been traveling from cloudhenge making friends and memories along the way but our our goals lie further north but we figured it would it would behoove us to not give the lovely town of scrolled man in the visit and see what's currently on shuffle well uh, i'm assuming by the way you're looking at all these crystals here you, you never you've never been here before have you None of you. Not a one. I certainly have not. I don't think Smokey has. I can't remember. It was once, but it was about 35 years ago. So, essentially, no. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, 35 years ago. 
Well, we got a log. We could probably go back and look at what the town looked like back then. But listen, don't be afraid. This is totally normal. We're pushed up right against the forest here. Lots and lots of wacky, wonky magic. Makes everything all funky. Most towns can afford a ward mage. We, uh, we've never really had that ability. We've never possessed the money, as it were. And after a time, sort of became a uh, tourist attraction. That's how we make our money now. So what you're seeing here, this is just today's flavor of, uh, flavor of the week. This week's flavor of the day? I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Listen, it's totally normal. Don't be afraid. It's not going to hurt you. Buildings are all still functional. They just look different. Uh, and he motions you guys come inside. And as you start walking, uh, he just kind of starts pointing at things. He's like, yeah, that over there, that's our uh, that's our single inn. That right there, that's the the hall. He's like pointing off to the left. He's like, that's the hall for the uh, the Pathfinder Rangers. That's, that's my guild. That's the one I, I'm the... Uh, the Bladesman, I'm the the founder of the guild. I run all the, the rangers. We go into the forest and pull out all kinds of artifacts. And we escort scientists and mages and people in who want to take a look around and study things. And I've just realized that my accent's gone from just some strange British thing to now I'm sort of Kiwi. So I'm, I'm going to keep this one up. <laughs> I hope I can just keep this one. It's this week's flavor of the day. It's fine. Yeah, it's the uh, magic effect in your voice, sir. Uh, and that over there, that's uh, Leak in the Well. That's our tavern. Doesn't look like a, a well. Uh, actually looks more like a giant piece of tourmaline, but, you know, sorry. Unfortunately, the Arl's gone to bed for the night. So, I won't be able to get her in here, get her over here to, to say hi to you until tomorrow. But, but uh, I'm sure she'll want to see you before you guys head out. Of course. I'd be happy to speak with the Arl. Uh, well, Pascal, uh, where is... Where's the uh, the the local inn? <laughs> he he points at a big spire of yellow, like what looks like yellow tourmaline. It's a big like uh, hex hexagonal crystal just shooting up out of the ground, kind of in front of you. You'll uh, you'll you'll find the the innkeeper. Uh, you know they've got a small section of rooms, not like the the inn that we got over that way, but uh, that's the tavern. Yeah, you walk in through like the crystal door, right? That functions just like a regular door. It just opens up a little section of crystal. And <laughs> the inside is still, like, made of wood, and it looks totally normal. Um, it's just has the outside appearance. <laughs> God, it's been a while since we've been in this town, guys. I don't know. It's not really that busy. There's not a lot of people in there, and it kind of looks like maybe it's winding down for the evening. This is the strangest bar. Kind of what kind of... People are up tonight. Uh, you've got a couple other orcs. Um, they're also wearing the Pathfinder Rangers uh, like cloaks. There is another halfling, um, and then there's a there's a group of people who look. Uh, they've got some equipment, and the the journals that they have around them denotes them as uh, scientists or 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 um, academics, if that makes sense. Uh, humans, all of them. I guess I would go order around and just kind of slowly make my way through the groups just kind of formally introducing myself the group okay so yeah you, you come up to the orcs uh and they see your i'm i'm assuming Smokey's still like wearing his climbing stuff some of it right like that's something he kind of carries around with them it's like a signature at this point so there's one of them who, who points out uh, all your climbing gear, and he's like, 
Hey, how's old man Mastine doing, huh? Oh, Mastine, you know him. He's uh, he's tough as bark and as as uh, brittle as the uh, as the leaves, though. Old man has been taking it easy. Cloudhand's just keeping him plenty busy, though. That's good. He's a good man. I used to work for him a few years back. By that, I mean probably more than ten. I came out here after uh, I had a I had a climbing accident. Broke my foot. Can't climb no more, but I can sure go through a forest like a like a bunch of big <laughs> If you know what I mean. <laughs> Just imagine a Yondu. He, he's definitely like in a good mood. <laughs> all right, well, I'll, I'll raise my glass and say, "Hey, to uh, to uh, to your foot's health and to Mustine's health." I'll drink to that. And he downs his entire tankard in one go. Um, as you wander by the table with the the nerds at it, uh, you hear them uh, talking in super technical terms, but you catch you catch the words um, "dustfall" and "ancient city." Uh, yeah, yeah, you catch you catch the words uh, "dustfall," "ancient city." Uh, the words "gin" come out at some point, and then they kind of like stop when when they notice you walking by, and they they raise their glasses to you which are all filled with um like tonic water and, th- and things like that not non-intoxicating and they're like uh one one of them looks at you he's uh, uh just a human uh, male got these interesting little glasses that actually kind of like float in front of him as he talks and he's like uh hi you're uh you're one of those guys from you're one of those hero guys right why well yes i am that's neat what's your name Everyone said that heroes were in town, but I don't know your name. <laughs> Why, uh, we are the, we're the Quellists, hailing from Cloudhenge. Uh, my name is Milo Pipecarver. You can call me Smokey. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to tell me that your name was the Quellists. And I thought, <laughs> that's a strange name. Nice to meet you, Smokey. I'm Brad. That's Chandra. And Morinth. And he points at the other two at the table with them. Brad Sanjo Morinth, well met. Uh, you you all studying the the forest, I assume. If one of them looks over and kind of laughs, like, oh, studying, <laughs> and then the other one goes, "It's almost as if he asked if we were if we would like to drink a Snarlackian milkshake, isn't that right?" And then they just all kind of devolve into laughter and sits up. And he's like, "Well, okay, so I'm sorry for the the jokes. This, these guys have a particular sense of humor." Listen, uh, yeah, we're kind of studying. We're we're getting paid to go into the forest and 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 look at some some of the ruins of uh, that ancient city out there. We would much prefer to be doing anything else, to be honest. But uh, as long as we're out here, we might as well be getting some enjoyment out of it. Have you ever made it to the eastern side of Skull's Forest? I'm backwards, actually. I meant west. Well, uh, we all went to school in Lord Temple for a little while. We haven't been back there in years, especially not once the war started. Oh, if you ever, if you ever make it to the western side of Skull's Forest, uh, most of most of the traceable paths that are north of Lord Temple were actually forged by myself and some of my partners back in the day. And also, if Skull's Forest isn't really your thing, um, have you have any of you ever had the Interest in studying and assisting with the Warforged? Have you ever met a Warforged? Assisting with the Warforged? Are they sick or something? Have you ever worked with one or been interested in learning more about them? I've read about them in 
in my studies, but I've never actually come across them, no? Is there something to be worried about there? If any of you were ever looking for work in Cloudhenge, we would certainly take any able-minded scientist who would like to assist and study a uh, decent amount of Warforged. Uh, one of the other guys pops up. He says, decent amount. What, what does that mean? Uh, let's see. Let's say the most Warforged uh, that this, uh, this continent has seen in a long time. That sounds ominous. One of the other, one of the other guys, uh, the the other guy on the on the other side. I guess uh, we'll call him Morinth, right? He he pipes up and he's like, he goes, wait, I I have met a warforged, uh, just recently before we were before we were sent down here to to do studying. Um, came through. He came through at the the temple of Handelhan, The you know you know the god of knowledge, right? That's where where we're sort of stationed from. That's where my my boss rents a room in the temple. Yeah, the yeah the weirdest eyes they, they uh I I've never seen a warforged before but I've also never seen someone with eyes that make you feel like you're gonna fall into them dude they were black like uh like like tunnels like pits hmm where, where was this last uh, this warforged last seen it might be an acquaintance of ours I was uh well that was uh, almost uh, over a month ago but that was up in Ebenharth where we came from did you happen to catch his name no I, I didn't i didn't ask we weren't even introduced he he was walking through nearby the temple when uh when we were getting our our uh, assignment to leave it just i only noted i only recognized or or i only really remember him because of his eyes were just so strange well i'll leave you you bright-minded individuals into your uh whatever it is you're drinking there yeah, thanks. I, I really like this cranberry and tonic water. This is the best thing I've ever had. While we're in the um uh, in the inn talking to the different people, well while other people are talking, I'm gonna have gotten something to drink and sit down at one of the tables in the corner. And a little bit into your everybody's conversations, you're all gonna hear my voice in your head. So when I said that we needed to work on these things then I was still doing it, I've already worked out how to work a telepathic bond with all of you. I just didn't want to say that out loud because the gods are listening to us. So keep it quiet. But we've got some of it under... I've got part of it already down. We'll be able to keep talking to each other for a while now like this. Not permanently, but for a bit. And I can reset it pretty easily. That's unexpected, but... Good. We're all fairly used to talking this way anyway, right? <laughs> nice. Well, that's actually a good spot. I think I think that's kind of a fun little reveal. Uh, and since it's 8.30, um, I did I did promise Chris we'd be done by 8.30 because he has to work <laughs> early tomorrow. So, um, so I, yeah, so we'll, we'll end it there. Thank you, guys. <laughs>